You are listening to a no-show radio production. Mind your ears while we unpack the unusual. This is the strangest story I have ever heard. Take a seat, grab a drink, and listen to my words. tuning into first a podcast where two buds talk trash about how their favorite shows begin we're the two buds i'm alex and i'm still spencer despite it all <laughs> trying real hard to avoid it i can tell so i i know what the theme is but i don't think i ever gave you like the official theme name because i assume you can always read my mind do you want to try to read my mind uh today's theme mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh it is this is gonna be uh, bad 90 sitcoms Close. 90 sitcoms we shouldn't have watched when we were kids. Yes, that makes <laughs> sense. They're great sitcoms. I, I, I'm, okay, we'll get into that. That's, that's for future, Soon. future moments. So I asked Spencer to watch Dharma and Greg, and he asked me to watch Frasier, which somehow the fact that I haven't seen Frasier, kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, it seems like something that you should have watched as a little kid. <laughs> Okay, so I just have to ask, when you suggested it to me, how targeted was it? Not very. It okay. is, um, <laughs> it's just, it's a show that I really enjoyed. The fact that, you know, their, their, their whole thing is like smug, smarmy humor in the backdrop is that they're, they're like a family of like psychologists and yeah, it, it just, I just liked it, but I figured you <laughs> would have a special attachment to it in your own way. I had a clever thing to say, and of course I just forgot it, which must mean it wasn't that clever. <laughs> I just remember watching it and sitting there, like, the first few minutes or two, I was like, mm, I'm going to have words with him, because this feels like an attack. The- <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's my, like, little little teaser for Frasier. How did, what was your initial takes on Dharma and Greg? My initial takes on Dharma and Greg were I started watching it, and then the pilot started unfolding exactly how the the episode description read (laughs) and i was like i bet the folks who did this probably worked on all that fucking two and a half men shit and probably big bang theory and all that and uh sure enough (laughs) i paused went to look it up and found out that not only is that true but dharma and greg their last tv appearance was a cameo in two and a half men oh my gosh did you know that so so, like, before I had even seen them meet one another, I watched the the clip, which, this was back in 2011, so probably back in the time where I was watching Two and a Half Men alongside Family Guy, because that, that's where I was at at that point, being a young teenage boy. But, uh, yeah, so I didn't recognize it then, but I got to see it now, and it's it's them shopping, and, like, they maybe are gonna, like, it, it's it's a cameo, it's a brief cameo. But they're thinking about buying the two and a half man house, and they, uh, the the lady, uh, Greg, is like, "Oh man, look at the feng shui!" And then Hotchner walks in, and 
he's like, man, I fucking hate it. And she's like, I fucking hate you. And uh, they talk about divorce. And then as they walk out, uh, Hotch lifts his hand, forms a pistol and pretends to fucking paint the walls with his goddamn brain. Uh, So I don't imagine. (laughs) Not going to lie. I'm not tracking a whole lot of what's happening. Yeah, okay. So, the, yeah. There's a dumb cameo where they're gonna buy the house and they argue, and it's like, haha, divorce. So oh, I think, okay. I think their cameo after, like, after, like, over half a decade, their first fucking appearance on television again was that they hate each other and, and they might get divorced. So then I watched the show about how they met and fall in love and shit. And it was pretty good. Well, good. I like it. <laughs> Just I don't know. I so I had this memory of these shows, and I like so. Frasier came out in 1993. When did Dharma and Greg come out? 1997. Seven. So my vague recollection of this is I think Dharma and Greg was like a Tuesday Wednesday show, and then Friends was on on Thursdays. And I remember this because we that was like the one time we did not sit at the table for dinner, so we always watched Friends. And I think Frasier was on before Friends. Because the end theme song for Frasier resonated deep in my soul. Where it's like, I obviously I know the songs, the famous songs, but like I have very big emotion, nostalgia feels listening to it because I think that was the lead in before Friends, but my parents didn't like watching Frasier. So I never actually sat down and watched it. I have also like some vague recollection too of the fact that like I remember the apartment of all things. I remember the apartment. I remember the brother. That's it. And then Will and Grace was after Friends and I was never allowed to watch Will and Grace. So it was just the, the 90s and sitcoms, particularly for evening, for me, hits like a strong point hmm. that like that was a, a big deal in my household. And it, it gives you the kind of it gives me the idea of like, oh, yeah, this is what it was like in the 50s or 60s when you first had your frozen TV dinners, like how Americana hasn't changed too much. And that we still have shows that people have these memories with and 90s sitcoms. They're awful. They're terrible. Going back and watching them. It's hard. It's really hard. Because the jokes aren't super great anymore, the laugh tracks are constant, but the nostalgia, man, it's strong. It's strong. So do you want to start us off, or do you want me to start off? Um. I got, like, four tangents. I actually listed out my tangents that I know I will specifically have on here. So. Well, gosh, I don't know how long I can go on about Darman and Greg, so I could start with that if you wanted. Go for it. Okay, so the story is set in San Francisco, which, as I'm told, is uh, an urban city out in uh, California. Now, <clears throat> uh, the story picks up uh, just after the arrest of a notorious gangster. Uh, it, it focuses in on uh, Peter Kavanaugh, an employee uh, at the district attorney's office. Uh, he's, he's hanging out, he's celebrating, he's, he's living it up when his uh, good fucking buddy Greg uh, comes along, and he's all... Greg, Greg's, like, normally a depressed fucking dude, but now he's kind of, like, a little shaken up. So Peter, being, you know, the good guy that he is, approaches his friend, and he, he wants to know what's up. Now, uh, Greg has just had a, a haunting and horrifying experience on the subway in which a strange woman uh, bumped into him and then proceeded to stare deep into his <laughs> fucking eyes and and... Greg has never felt anything like this, and he's scared, and he's nervous, but he's a little excited, and Peter urges him to calm down, 
because it was nothing. It couldn't have been anything. And he just, he needs to play it cool. He's, he's a goddamn assistant district attorney. He has to keep his shit together. So they, they part ways and, and Peter Kavanaugh goes on to, to, to do his, his busy work as a, as a lawman. Uh, but what he doesn't know is when Greg enters his office, uh, the woman from the subway has tracked him down to his place of business in this federal office and, and has fucking broken in and made herself right at home. Uh, and, and when he, he shows his, his fucking shock and despair, she shows the newspaper that she specifically used and isolated to figure out his face, his name, and where he works. And, and managed to slip by security and every employee in this building just to sit and wait for this poor fucking man. So she kidnaps him and they abscond to, to Nevada, Reno specifically, where she force feeds him. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's all turmoil and I don't know what was in that pie, but they end up, they end up getting married in, a, uh, in one of those drive-through churches. And, uh, and, and then, they, then they go back to, to San Francisco where they happen to live. And uh, now that they're married, they're, they're stuck together and meet some wacky friends. You meet, this, uh, you meet this cool biker chick who's beating a bike with a bat because she's so fucking metal. <laughs> and uh, you meet uh, creepy fucking parents of this creepy fucking woman. You meet the the fucking evil fucking racist parents of the man. Uh, you you do see you, you we, this, the story does draw back to Peter Kavanaugh. He has a Chinese takeout or, or some such shit, and uh, he learns all the details of of what Greg's been through and and tries his best to console him. But uh, Greg is suffering from some sort of uh, early onset fucking Stockholm syndrome. So uh, he, he, he no longer sees a problem with this. In fact, he believes he's in love with this woman that he bumped into in the dirty, dirty subway. Uh, so they're, they're trying to figure out their fucking marriage problems because, you know, they're complete and total strangers and all they've done at this point is fucking bone. And, I mean, you can base a relationship on that, but not one that's going to fulfill you through your twilight years. But, uh... Yeah, I don't, I don't really remember how it ends. I feel like they they make up because at this point they're they're almost broken up. But then Greg Greg in a in a monkey see monkey do maneuver breaks into her apartment and is lying in wait for her. And then she comes in and finds him and they bone. And that's the end of the pilot episode. And we don't know what happened to Pete, but I'm sure that we'll we'll get back to that. As as the as the story progresses, I like that you made it sound like a horror show. Well, I I wasn't sure what I was supposed to take away from it. It uh, <laughs> it was cute. It was nice. Uh, Dharma's a cool lady, you know, for like a creepy kidnapping stalker weirdo woman. So Peter Kavanaugh, the main character, is played by Joel Murray, who uh, many of you may know as uh, Freddy from Mad Men. Or uh, he played he played Frank in in that uh, fucking God Bless America. Uh, that was we can talk about that movie if you want. That was by by Bobcat. What's his face? Uh, what else? What else do I got? Greg Greg Montgomery. Who is he played by? I don't know who's he was Hotch. He's Hotch from Criminal Minds. Ah. Only in this he has like 
a really light, happy voice, and he makes lots of quips, and he's very expressive. And in a in in Criminal Minds, apparently after like you know whatever that was, like eight years of being married to Dharma, he's fucking sad and miserable and stone-like, and and man, what a great character! What a great show, Criminal Minds. <laughs> I I didn't realize that that was that was a spinoff, but you know. I guess that that's a credit to the writers. I feel like I'm going to add in some details here to add some color to it in case you somehow missed Dharma and Greg, the hit series of the 90s to like early 2000s. Um, yeah, so Dharma comes from a hippie family, straight up. Like, her name's Dharma. Why are we fucking surprised? The show starts out with them not being married, that they've been together for forever, but they're not into marriage because that's too restricting. Very, very much the trope of we're gonna get off the grid make all of our own plants have this atrocious wardrobe ah. and then the montgomery's of course are your typical I, I say new york rich people even though they're not in new york very very wealthy have fucking houses for their servants and i think that's part of what adds to the dichotomy of wild girl dharma to greg who i what i really appreciate about the show is that he's not stuffed shirt necessarily he's definitely serious but he has his silly side that he's able to access now, which kind of leads me into a conversation about Manic Pixie Dream Girls. And I feel oh, like, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to get into it. Manic Pixie Dream Girls, right? Coined circa 2005-ish by a film critic by the name of Nathan Rabin. We love him. Everything he's done is so great. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not, bud. I don't know who he is. Oh, okay. Um, I just, I know he's credited with using this term first. So he goes on to say that he fucking hates Manic Pixie Dream Girls, not because he hates girls, but because he hates the writers that write them and that he really views them as a, that, that these writers are doing this wish fulfillment scenario for guys who can't get any. So they're just looking for someone to come take them away and be the spontaneous fun person when they have to be serious and working all the time. They are traditionally attractive. They're high on life. They have these wacky and crazy quirks. Most often pretty childish. And they are there purely to break their cynicism and their serious nature. However, Nathan Rabin, our film critic, later on, like a few years later, disowned the term Manic Pixie Dream Girl because it has been incredibly generalized. Now we just throw it on girls who are just weird and different. The main thing that makes a Manic Pixie Dream Girl is the fact that she has no independent goals of her own. But the only reason she, she exists is to pull the cynicism out of that guy. So in this TED Talk, <laughs> uh, I really don't think Dharma fits the Manic Pixie Dream Girl mold. Which is, I'm not sure if you can tell from the pilot itself, but as the show continues on, they really develop her as a character in the sense like she wants to start a business. So she starts a business. And she has all these different ideals and passions of her own that she's like, yeah, Greg, you're you're coming along because I'm making you. Love you. Yay. And, and so while she's there to definitely bring life into his life, he it's also that she has other shit going on. She doesn't just serve to make him a happier person. Because he wasn't really unhappy before her either. He liked his job. He likes the people he's around. He's a little irritated by his family, but who isn't? He's a pretty down-to-earth guy to begin with, which is probably why he likes her quirky nature. Really common Manic Pixie Dream Girls. Like, the very first time it was used was actually used in Elizabethtown. We see it in Golden, or Golden State. We see it in Garden State. And we see it at Breakfast at Tiffany's. So while it was coined in 2005-ish, the, it, wasn't, it, it was happening before then. We see it in a lot of our old, older films. But then we have this movie called 500 Days of Summer. 
right? That has this quote unquote manic pixie dream girl, but she also isn't one. And it was a great story because it's it's about a guy who thinks it's it's his manic pixie dream girl, but she's not, and she has her own shit to do, and she's always been very honest with him about what her plans were, and he just expected her to drop everything and run away with him, and that they would have this crazy, spontaneous life together for forever. And I, I know there's a lot of criticism like or criticism in the sense of from fuck, I wish I could remember his name. I always get it out of order. Joseph Gordon Lovett? Yeah. Name? That guy. Where he's like you're not supposed to like the guy. The guy's being an asshole. Stop it. Stop liking him. Stop romanticizing him. He's making bad choices. And that's the point of the movie. Because at the end of it, it's he meets a girl named Autumn, and it starts the whole countdown all over again, right? It's just that he he thinks that these women kind of serve to bring out the best in him when he could be working on himself. I have, I just, I, uh, Spencer, I might, this might come to a shock to you, knowing our creative tendencies. I really like the concept of Manic Pixie Dream Girls. And oh, yeah? I, I like that trope a lot. And I think it's a unique, interesting package of characteristics to explore. And I'm glad that the guy who coined it even disowned it later, saying, no, 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 we're, we're using it too, too generally now. It's not just a quirky, weird girl. It's one that has no purpose besides to serve the dude. So knock it off. So he, he meant to create this term to bring awareness, and instead it got abused, and he's pissed about it. So that's my speech about Mag Pixie Dream Girls and how I don't think Dharma fits into that mold, even though I feel like every 90s sitcom has a new age girl in it, which that was my original intention was to look up a new age, like, my name's Rainbow Whisper, and I have all my crystals and my incense and yada, yada, yada. There's always one on all the 90s shows, right? But really, I think what that came down to was that was the the start of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, which we saw rise in a lot of hipster media. So shit like New Girl, anything was just Zoe Deschanel in it, right? That, that's kind of what got thrown in as Manic Pixie Dream Girls as time progressed. But I think it really started in that new age era of the 90s. That's it. That's all I got, bud. <laughs> I just talked at you and our fans for a while. Man, Joseph Gordon, we love that guy. We do love that guy. He's pretty rad. You should, should support his stuff when he has everything it. Everything he's done, it's great. Yeah. And he's really out there for like other creators and shit, too. It's cool. He's a good guy. Yeah, Hit Record is fucking rad. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's a show anymore. I think now it's just his own little, like, media thing. But it's it's fucking cool. Cool concept. Get a lot of sad motherfuckers on there, though. <laughs> I believe it. Man. So, uh, would you watch more Dharma and Greg? Would I? Yeah, probably. I think yeah? it's, uh... Yeah, I think I don't normally go for a sitcom. Like, I sat through all of Friends. I sat through all of... All of... What was it? How I Met Your Mother? I'm sorry. Sucks. It, people act like the ending ruined it. That whole, like, the last two seasons of that show, looking back in retrospect, are just bad. <laughs> they just, like, they ran out of steam before the end. Ugh. I can never get into it. As much as I love Friends, everyone's like, this is the Friends for our generation. No, it's not. Friends was. Leave it alone. So, Frasier. Sure. Yup, Frasier. You told me to watch Frasier. I and did. And I watched it on Hulu. And the first episode is called The Good Son. And I like when pilots aren't named Pilot. That makes me happy. So it is typical in the sense of sitcoms, making sure that you have the whole plot by the first minute. Yep. You see that like the opening scene is Frasier, Dr. Crane, at a desk with his mic and headphones on, doing his radio show. And the video quality is awful, because it was 1993, and we didn't have great technology. And I was just sitting there giggling, I'm like, oh man, how far we've come. Even... Later on, I watched another show for the show that I wasn't supposed to watch. It's like, this is only a few years later, but the quality has gone up immensely. 
I, I don't know. Does that distract you at all? Do you like go back and play old video games and be like, wow, I remember when these graphics were cool, but now they're not. Is that just so me? So I'm not a big graphics guy. I do have the thing where I'll go back and I'll play like an old game and I'll be like, man, I remember this being like photorealistic. <laughs> like my memory just fills in the gaps. I didn't realize that buildings loaded in in front of my fucking car. Um, <laughs> Anyways, Frazier. So. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we're talking about that. Talking hey. about the the dog and talk the dog about, so so about. yeah no he he is doing this fucking i won't say dr ruth because that was sex stuff delilah that was the late night tv or tv the late night radio show i remember was delilah taking in like relationship questions he's a psychiatrist taking in people's questions uh, about their depression or this really hard stuff that's going on in their life and he gives solid advice but not without making it about himself too Yep. <laughs> like, it always comes back to something he's experienced, yep. rather than focusing on what they're going through. And, you know, when 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 I said that this feels targeted, probably been mentioned before, I'll mention it again, I'm getting my degree in psychology. I won't become a psychiatrist. It's a lot more school than I want for something I don't want that bad, at least for mm -hmm. that. Uh, and he has his own show of a radio variety. Mm -hmm. And in the like opening scene too, he bears his soul, which is how we get the context of the show that he his wife left him in Boston, and he came out to Seattle to be back where he was like his homegrown roots, whatever. And that he now has the show and it's really freeing, blah blah blah. But it turns out that they cut him off seconds ago, thirty seconds ago, and he's like, "I bared my soul to Seattle for no reason at all." And lately, I, I'm gonna call out John, our editor, sent me a link. To an onion article saying unrecorded podcast just heartfelt conversation and i sent that to my fellow podcaster kyle who sent me another onion article talking about how a producer was in in tears over the fact that fellow the the the, the show people were talking off air and had like a really heartfelt felt moment with emotion but it's like no no it's okay we can record this we can do it again you guys can cry on cue it'll be just the same so you know if it's not recorded it's worthless and i just you know what it's true and knock it off. Leave me alone. Leave me to my production style. Uh, so hearing yet a third thing happen like in the same 24 hours, I was like, all right, you motherfuckers. I get it. I, I get what kind of producer I am. Uh, so he goes to talk to his producer. His producer's like, here's a note from your brother. He tried to call. Turns out he doesn't like his brother very much. Doesn't seem like he likes a lot of people very much. Because my only memory of Frasier before watching this was he's a grumpy bachelor. Only context I had. Goes to see his brother, who is a very snooty man. And I also remember Fraser's brother as Fraser's brother. It took me a while. It took me a while to remember that his name was Niles. I just remember Fraser's brother came up a lot. And, you know, I think the reason is, is because we're going to go right into our Where Do You Know Them From segment. He was in a lot of shit that I watched, I guess. The actor who played Niles is David Hyde Pierce. And he... <laughs> I am not going to go through all his acting titles, only the ones that are relevant to me, which is far more my style. And so he played the voice of Abe Sapien in the 2004 Hellboy. So that's pretty cool. And then he was Dr. Doppler in Treasure Planet. He was Drix and Osmosis Jones. Osmosis Jones was one of those movies I insisted on renting every weekend for months. Hell yeah. It was such a good movie. Did you ever watch the show? No. I I watched the show, and I watched the show before I watched the movie. Oh, man. And then I found out that there was a movie, and I watched it. I'm like, this is even cooler, because it's, it's like, dark. And not yeah. about, like, learning lessons and shit. 
Osmosis Jones was the same vein for me as Sinbad was. Like, just the animation style and, like, the context of the story. It was animated but not Disney and very, very good. I liked it a lot. I never watched Sinbad. Buddy. Buddy. Oh, I man. I think Sinbad is about a pirate. It is. Brad Pitt's in it. And I think it's Catherine Zeta-Jones that plays the girl lead. The, it doesn't matter. No one watches Sinbad for Sinbad. You watch it for the the heiress goddess of chaos because she's a fucking badass but he was also slim in a bug's life so you know all these really important things most of these were kids shows i'm not sure if you guys noticed that so when i remember like maybe hearing my parents talk about it to like their friends like oh yeah so-and-so was in this you know fraser's brother so like the term fraser's brother yep. <laughs> is implanted in my brain and nothing else so so yeah. so my thing is i sort of have the same the same reaction but everyone i know knows that that character is niles mm -hmm. like in fraser you know fraser's name because it's the main character but everyone else like inexplicably knows niles as a character mm -hmm. because he's such an archetype that he also just fills out all the other have we talked on air about the greatest fucking bit in whatever the last red hot american summer thing was no with with Frazier's brother. No. Because in the original, he played, like, this professor that was, like, he was, like, living nearby or something, like, studying meteors or something. And, uh, and they have a thing where they're, like, they need to, like, science their way out of a nuke or something. And, uh, and they get him on the laptop and they Skype him. And, like, they're, like, oh, oh prof you have to tell us what to do. And he's, like, okay, this... Oh, you gotta do this, and you gotta do this. They're like, they're like, oh my god, thank you. And he's like, oh, thank you. And he puts the piece of paper down. He's like, all right, guys, well, uh, have fun with the rest of your shoot. Uh, it's it was it was really nice to 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 be a part of this. And they're like, oh yeah, thank you, blah blah. Like, and they they like actually end the Skype call because <laughs> they just fucking had him record all of his fucking yeah. Oh man, because I... it looks like he's actually on his own shitty webcam. I, I uh, didn't like Wet Hot American Summer. So That's fine. Yeah. I wasn't my jam. Couldn't get into it. Didn't see what was so funny about it. I, I really liked it as a parody of all those those dumb, dumb, dumb fucking movies that everyone was watching in the early aughts. And then just the idea that they keep going with it. The idea that, okay, 20 years later, we're going to do a prequel. And we're gonna use all the same characters, and then and then a year later we're gonna do we're gonna do one that's twenty years later, but they're they've all like become like these these big extravagant characters, like they all have like their big big things going on, and and then and then the, this oh god, it's fucking stupid. Like that's the point. It's just stupid. <laughs> so let's see what what else happened in Frasier. So Niles. Frazier's brother tells him that, hey, dad fell and he can't live by himself anymore. So they'd go back and forth about who's going to take him, but we could put him in a nursing home because, you know, Frazier, you're so heartless that you won't take your dad. Gets guilted into it. Dad is a retired cop and mm -hmm. it does the retired cop thing very well. And, you know, gets Frazier gets bullied into it. So now dad cop is there on his couch being a grump because he can't fucking live by himself. Weird how taking an adult's ability to be independent makes people grumpy and that seems to be like the main force is that both of them feel like their independence is being taken away it's like i don't know two and a half men before two and a half men uh, yeah 
Let's see what else happens. Niles is just kind of a piece of shit. Weasley brother. Frasier's not much better, just not Weasley. Just very self-centered from the way that the, the pilot plays out. Yeah, he's a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Like, they, both, both of the kids are, and they have good foils to draw that out and point it out to them. And, and it, I think they understand it. I don't think that's ever, like, a character development. It's just, like, it's the way they were raised. Their mother kind of brought them up that way in spite of their father, and their father didn't, like, take an active part in raising them. Gotcha. So now he's, like, he's old and he's with them, and now he's with them more often than he's ever been. So it's kind of like he's at the end of his life, and now he's kind of starting to, like, give them really sage advice and, like, actually bond with them and build a relationship. And, like, so they're they're kind of these these narcissistic fucking snobs that are now starting to learn these valuable lessons that they should have learned growing up. Well, what, there's a line in the pilot along the lines of Fraser looking at Niles like, oh, I want to hug you. You know what Mother said? A handshake is as good as a hug. And it's like, oh, shit. Damn. Cold. Yep. <laughs> and that's that's the thing. Their father was a cop, so he was always out there. He was always doing his thing. And uh, he he... Can I get through the pilot before we continue digesting what the rest of the show is? God, there's... Yeah, I guess. I, I, I'll tear through it because I can tell you have a lot of thoughts on it. No, but yeah, let's tear through it. So, the rest of it is Frasier, Dad, Fight, and then, like, leading up, like, the first 20, 15 minutes of it is very haha funny sitcom, and then it hits a wall of being kind of fucking serious, where Frasier's like, You've never thanked me for anything. You've never liked me. This is bullshit. I'm doing this out of the good of my heart. You're a burden. Oh, I'm a burden. So sorry for being a burden. And they just tear into one another about how, like, the dad says, I was weeks away from retirement when I got shot. And so all my plans are gone. Do you think I want to be here? Do you think this is a good idea or a good time for me? And then Fraser, like, is it so hard to say thank you for picking up stuff that even though this is really hard and they have this emotional standoff depart and the episode ends with Frazier back in the studio his dad calls in and they pretend like they're not father and son so the dad can be like I'm fighting with my son and I hope he knows how much I care about him and the son's like yeah I, I think he already knows they have a nice resolution pretty quick the only other thing that happens in the episode is that Niles at some point says hey we'll pay for an in-home caretaker for you and Frazier's like, well, fuck yeah, that's going to make this a lot easier so that way someone can cook clean babysit dad while I'm out doing stuff. And that's when you meet Daphne Moon, who is our new agey Manic Pixie Dream Girl-esque character for Frasier. I'm not sure how long she lasts. I'm not sure if she's in every episode. Forever. Forever? Okay. You yep. know, you know, pilot episodes, sometimes you see a character and they're like, oh, this isn't working out. They're going to be gone after six episodes. Yep. I had that vibe of like, ooh, that was a test character. They weren't sure if she was going to stay or not. It's also really important when I said there's a dog. There's a dog in this show. And I, I was like, okay, cute. Cute. On IMDb, he has his own page. His name is Moose. The dog's name in the show is Eddie. But in real life, his name was Moose. And you know what? He's a fucking celebrity. He was in My Dog Skip. That's the same dog. Which I lost my mind over. Because My Dog Skip was the first movie I ever cried during. So... I might be wrong, but... I, f- I think check me. Uh, maybe not. Hold on, because I think, yep. Because at some point, um, I forget when it happened or whatever. But Moose, I think, got too old. Um, so Moose's son Enzo, they used him to take over. Cute. And uh, yeah, so they're 
They they look very, very, very similar. But that dog is a big, big character. He means a lot. So what are you telling me I'm wrong? What what element? No, I was just I I wasn't telling you you were wrong about anything. I was okay. I was like there was a there was a point where the 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 dog died or got old or something, and there was a cute thing about the dogs. The dog had a son, and the son Aww. took over. Oh, yeah, dog died in two thousand five. Yep. I I was very impressed that there was a celebrity on that show. Okay. <laughs> uh, so stuff about Fraser, real quick. I was like at the end credits, based off the character Fraser Crane. I'm like, oh shit, who's this character? I'm kind of an idiot. I never watched Cheers, but Fraser is a spinoff character mm-hmm. from cheers and so that's just an example of how you can have a spin-off show from a popular sitcom unlike another show that rhymes with schlems and schloey so food for thought oh i i have tangents but i feel like I, we can die since i haven't seen the rest of fraser like what other elements of it do you like um no so the the carer becomes a big major character she's like one of the main four between her the dad fraser and niles um She's a really good foil for the dad, and there's a whole, like, overarching throughout the show, um, like, Niles falling in love with her, um, because he- Niles is married to this awful, awful, awful woman that I don't think- I think later on she becomes a character, but she's just kind of like a name, like Voldemort, like, she just gets, like, named, and, like, um, there's- there's, like, all this, like, She's, like, made out to be, like, this complete monster, but she's also, like, a lot like their their mother. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, one of the, the key factors in why Niles is, like, remains such a weasel and, like, sneaks around everything because he has to sneak around everything to do anything. Um, and it's, it's a, there's, a, there's a good arc of them falling in love and then him trying to, like, put his life back together and, like, there's development there. There's development in Frasier, which is weird for sitcoms. Sitcoms tend to avoid it because it's not... You you don't want things to change too drastically. You don't want that formula to, to be messed with. Um, like, you, you do it just enough to keep people tantalized and make people feel like there's a progression of time, but not enough to feel like there's a progression of story. And then... What is it? Yeah, Fra- like all Frasers, kind of that. It's like there's some there's some funny, witty humor, but like over half the episode is like a really serious thing, and sometimes there's whole episodes that are just like very, very, very dry and very, very, very somber, and it's it's kind of a weird sitcom in how it it has that sitcom vibe and that studio audience type deal, but. It it can also just be really sad and miserable, especially with the dad. The the dad he's a sad dad. He's Sorry, he's that. one of the saddest dads of all. <laughs> Not much to say about Fraser. It's a show. It happens. It unfolds. I was gonna say I felt like I gave an even shorter version of the summary than usual. And it was shorter than your Darman Greg, which sounded very concise and eloquent. For me, I'm like, ah, eh, it's a radio guy based off another character that's played by the same guy, and uh, he's grumpy. And dysfunctional family. Endo. Yep. That that seems like it's the show, and I... Yeah, it, it's... it's. I'd probably sit down and watch more. I'm probably sooner to watch Friends first, for the millionth time. But it wasn't bad. I could see why it was popular. And let's see, what what stuff did I learn? Because I had to look up all the actors and see what they were in, blah blah blah. The the pack, the, the main four characters, they were all in Simpsons at some point, or another. Oh yeah, no, um... 
Kelsey he's Grammer Kel- is Kelsey Grammer is a really prolific sideshow bot. Really decent actor. Yep. He's he's been in a while, but otherwise the rest of them have had several episodes with kind of one shot characters, which I thought was pretty cool. And then the only one the person who I took note of, which was the producer of his radio show, Roz, she wasn't in Simpsons, but she did a lot of voice work for King of the Hill. And in general, mm-hmm. she's done a shit ton of voice work. And also so has Niles. Like, that seems to be his bag most of the time, isn't actually face acting, but more voice acting. So you probably know him more by his voice than his face. Yep. Uh, I was going to say, I think all of them, they come in and they guest star as parts of Sideshow Bob's um, family. Nice. So, like, Niles plays Sideshow Bob's younger brother, and I think he's named Niles. Nice. Um, nice, nice, nice. Oh, yeah, Simpsons. it's... Uh, who did... Raw's voice in King of the Hill, was she... Various. There, there was, like... Various. Okay. I, I, there was a bunch of names, and then slash, 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 was like, and then dot, dot, dot. Ooh, ooh, I don't know enough about King of the Hill to tell you. Like, you can I... just watch hours of that on YouTube. <laughs> That's one of those shows where, like, copyright stopped caring, so you can just watch eight-hour videos of just, here's five seasons of King of the Hill. Fuck it. Back to, so Raw's focusing on her, right? She also has been in, like, a weird amount of stuff where she is the, the queen of... She's been on a lot of stuff, but as, like, a one-episode character. Mm-hmm. So she was in ER, she was in Grey's Anatomy... Or not ER, Grey's Anatomy. She was in uh, Broad City. She she was in Abby's Mom, that episode. Uh, what was the other one I have here? Uh, she was in Modern Family. So, like, a lot of those popular sitcoms or popular shows, she'll show up in one episode and peace on out. But here's the thing about Roz that made me really happy that I didn't realize as I was trolling through her IMDb page. So she is played by a woman named Perry Kilpin, and she voiced a character, Jane, and the movie Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. So, uh, let's see here that I'm concerned now. Final Fantasy The Spirits Within came out in 2001. I was eight years old. I remember sitting on the couch in my living room with my dad watching the show, and it was the first time young Alex realized there could be a movie with a happy ending that wasn't a happily ever after. That the love interest, the guy fucking dies at the end, and she's left alive. And I was distraught, but also super impressed by this movie. Overall, if you haven't seen this final Final Fantasy of the Spirits Within, which how could you not have? I have never met a single soul, probably besides Spencer by the sounds of things, who has seen this movie. So I thought it was a fever dream that I experienced. No, no, it exists. And it was a CGI movie, which at the time looked super good. And even going back now, like, it's not awful. And there's an apocalypse. There's aliens called the Phantoms. And, like, they're the weird ethereal thing. And when they touch humans, they, like, instantly die. It's terrifying. But if you, like, get a little bit touched, you end up getting infected instead. So it's, like, eating you from the inside. So the main character is trying to find a way to cure herself and actually kind of banish these phantoms at the same time. Quote, unquote. Quick, quick summary. It is a sad fucking movie. It, it just it is there there's a happy ending but it's one of those like oh is it really happy great they saved the universe but how happy is it man those as a kid those endings constantly fucked me up where it's like this isn't the ending i want <laughs> like princess mononoke's ending and right it's like, why don't they just get married like that's what it's we're like, supposed to do yeah, That's why, what Disney why don't says. they just do what Disney does? This is stupid. <laughs> I also, so, okay, in my deep search of this, I haven't seen this probably since I was eight years old. Maybe mm-hmm. a little bit afterwards. Again, watching it with my dad. I have the distinct memory of there being a really graphic sex scene in it. However, when I did the Google search, Final Fantasy Spirits Within sex scene, weirdly nothing came up. I can find, hold on. 
So, like so when I did it, though, and then, like, a bunch of sites came up because it was, like, a bunch of Christian sites at that point saying, can I watch this with my kid? They're like, yeah, there's some nudity, but it's mostly gore and violence. <coughs> so I, uh, I don't know what scene I'm thinking of, but I remember that was also very pivotal because then I remember thinking, oh, I'm watching this with my dad and this is weird. No, I did not watch porn with my dad. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying, like, you know, when you watch Game of Thrones with your parents, those moments are fucking weird. <laughs> we all have those moments. If anyone's comfortable watching, <coughs> excuse me, if anyone's comfortable watching that sex scene in American Gods, you know the one I'm talking about, with their parents, tell me your secret. What kind of confident level of love do you have that I'm missing out on? Anyway. The gay one? The gay one! <laughs> You do the one. Yeah. I didn't have to say it. American God. That's that's a good show. I haven't watched all of it because it bored me. But <laughs> Ian McShane. Give me more of that. It's a Claire, no, it's not Claire Danes. It's uh, my girl from Sucker Punch. Brown. Her last name's Brown. Emma Brown. Mm. You know, again, the, the hit show she was on. The Nickelodeon. Lemony Snicket. The one that we love. From Unfortunate Events and Baby Doll and Sucker Punch. You know. You know the one. We've I all do, seen that. I do know the one. I watched the shit out of Sucker Punch. My God, do I love that movie. I fucking love that movie. Why don't more people love that movie? Because the dialogue is awful and Zack Snyder should never write dialogue ever again. Sucker Punch yeah, would have made for a great- cool fucking visuals to me. That's so fucking That's cool. one of those few movies where that happens. And a great soundtrack. What what happened yeah. was that there was there's a lot of elements like the like the brothel being and the and this mental health institution was kind of shoehorned in and Oscar Isaac is on that one too. And we were talking about that earlier. Was that on You're, here? Who knows? Right. And yeah. It's like there, there's these really cool concepts, but they also get muddied in because they only had an hour and a half to two hours to do this movie. Sucker Punch desperately needs the Netflix original. They're greenlit already. You know they are. But how cool would it be to have like a whole TV show? Does it not just have, like, a graphic novel? No, it is its that, own thing. That would be, I feel like that would work really well, like, to just tell a more complete narrative. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you're right. Give that thing an original. <laughs> After we shat on it for so long. I, everyone wants to watch Sucker Punch with me. I'm always down. And the fact you never see Baby Doll dance is so good! It's such a good fucking scene! Boy, boy, thoughts. So that's really all I have on Frasier. I had a few more tangents. Uh, I listed my duck skip as one, but I, I lost my steam on that. And also the dad voiced someone in Iron Giant. I know how we feel about the Iron Giant. About the Iron was, Giant. Yeah, it was the, the general man. Yeah, you're right. Good memory. Die like a, die like a good soldier. And let's see. My, my biggest thing with Iron Giant was that I remembered it was on Cartoon Network and I had a horrible fever. And all I wanted to do was watch Courage the Cowardly Dog. But Iron Giant was on loop. For whatever reason, they were marathoning it from like 6 p.m. until 6 p.m. the next day. I have no memory of this besides that I had to watch the Iron Giant over and over and over again because I was too sick to sleep and too sick to change the channel. It was hell. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't watch any movie over and over again. Like, people always bring up that, that shit like, what's the one book you would you would bring on a deserted island? And it's like... I think any book, no matter how good it is, you read it like five times and you're reading it again because you're forced to and you're like, I'm going to burn this. This is kindling. <laughs> Fuck this. Well, do you think we angered our fans today? Do you think we said stuff that they're going to disagree with? No, because we, we covered all of our bases. We love everything. <laughs> all of the things that you like, we like. 
and and that way your your bad opinions on media can be fucking validated through <laughs> us. If you are missing out, we do have a Discord. It's going to be in the show notes, of course. Please join our No Show Radio Discord and let us know your thoughts. You can tell us how wrong we are, even though we know we're right. We know that we're right. Like, we say that every episode, <laughs> and y'all don't get it. Say goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>